0: Welcome to Human First, my name is David Tilston and this podcast explores the methods, habits and processes which allow us to excel as human beings. My aim is to utilise the experience and knowledge of experts from a wide range of different fields and to translate these into easy to follow principles that can be adopted by you to improve your life and those around you. This week I welcome the co-founder of Red Light Rising to the podcast, Brian Gold. During this episode, we dive into the science behind near-infrared and red light use, as well as looking into how red light rising was formed. Brian has a fascinating journey to date, all of which will be apparent very soon. Let's get into it. Brian, thank you for joining me on the podcast today. Great to have you here.
1: You're absolutely welcome. Thank you so much for the invitation.
0: You are the co-founder of the company that I have used extensively for about four years. And I'm keen to get into a few things, partly about your background, but also why you formed the company and the reasons for it. So my first question is what initiated the idea behind the company Red Light Rising?
1: Yeah, thank you so much. Um yeah, so it all came from my own personal health journey, you know, like um I know you probably share a lot of this of similar experiences to me, but About 20 years ago, I started getting pretty serious about health and I started, you know, paying a lot more attention to what I was eating, what I was supplementing with. Um, You know, I I started practicing a lot of yoga and, you know, I kind of ended up in this um, like vortex of of the yoga and the mindfulness and that led me to plant-based diets and, you know, believing that vegetarianism was the healthiest way to eat and, while that you know, can feel good for a short time and it can also feel you know, like kind of like a, moral, a morally good thing to do, my health started deteriorating almost instantly when I, when I stopped eating animal products. But I didn't notice it, and, or, or I did notice it, should I say, because I was feeling like shit. But I never put two and two together. I never realized that, that it was my recent change to a plant-based diet and my recent experience of, the, of this you know, these ill health outcomes I never connected the two together. So I went on for seven years as a vegetarian and a you know a committed yogi, um, you know practicing yoga every single day, having big green juices every day, having smoothies, having all the roast vegetables, having the curries and the beans and the lentils and the you know the the whole grains, and the whole time just feeling very very unwell. You know I had digestive issues nonstop for seven years. Um, And i developed some pretty serious joint pain within within the first couple of years and the joint pain just got worse and worse and worse and worse Until the very end where there were times where I couldn't even you know I couldn't even hold my my cell phone in my hand I couldn't like hold it with fingers and and use my thumbs to type it the the pain was absolutely excruciating Um, And around that time when you know I had to give up working out I had to give up yoga I had to give up almost everything that was physical because I was in so much physical pain all the time. And then I started hearing about uh, Bulletproof Coffee. Actually, it was, was probably the, my first intro to, to a new way of eating. Um, and I was in the States at the time. So I was like, well, what is Bulletproof Coffee? I kept hearing about this. And then I you know, had a quick Google. And it's, of course, you know, just blending um, coffee with usually butter or coconut oil or MCT oil. And you, and you blend the coffee with this fat. And you make a very delicious, creamy coffee. And I was like, you know, everything I'd been like indoctrinated with at that point was like, Jesus, that that amount of fat surely is going to just clog up my heart and I'm going to keel over. So I was like, this is crazy. Let me let me keep looking into this. And, the, you know, Bulletproof Coffee leads you to the Bulletproof Diet, which leads you to Dave Asprey. So I was reading, I read Dave Asprey's book at the time, which is called The Bulletproof Diet. And I was learning all about, you know, a high-fat, low-carb lifestyle why fat is important, what happens if you're burning too many carbs in your body, what happens if you go low carb and high fat, and just learning all these things, and, and that book was like, it really blew my, blew my mind, because I was like, I've, I've never heard anybody say this, that fat is actually very, very important, because, you know, at that point, everything I'd been hearing was like, avoid fat, avoid fat, low fat, low fat, you know, so then I kind of cross-referenced it with a bunch of other books, you know, I read a, a couple of books on paleo, Um, I I got into you know a lot of Mark Sisson's writing he's also a a low carb high fat advocate Um, and it all started making sense to me you know then I was reading about cholesterol and all this other stuff and I was like oh my gosh and then I started you know I was still vegetarian but I started reducing the amount of carby vegetables and adding fat you know so I started like putting coconut oil over my veggies or whatever the case was and then just over conversation one day i was I was working on a farm in Australia, and I was kind of eavesdropping on two people that were chatting next to me, and they were saying, "Oh gosh, you know my you know the farm owner was in her seventies at the time, and she said, "Oh my husband, you know we were vegan for twenty years, and my husband was sick for twenty years, and I tried everything raw vegan, cooked vegan, you know purple vegan, white vegan, you know soups only, juices only she tried everything for twenty years, and her husband was just sick. And I was kind of eavesdropping, just you know, minding my own business. And then she said, that one day I said to my husband, the only thing left to try is meat. That's the only thing. We've, we've got no other choices here. You've been sick for 20 years. We can't figure out. No one knows what it is. And so um, she decide, he decided, okay, well, let me just try some meat. And they started eating meat. And within a couple of days, he was feeling better. Within a couple of weeks, it was like nothing had ever happened. And that when I clicked, I'm like, oh my gosh, is it because I haven't been eating meat that I've had all these struggles? So I quickly, you know, started looking into that, you know, did a little bit of Googling at the time and then read a book called uh, um, Eat Right for Your Blood Type, which has been discredited, I think, by a lot of people and they say it's nonsense, but it just made so much sense to me at the time because in the book, it says that the O blood type um, is the original blood type and does well on a animal-based diet because you're, you know, a caveman. Your lineage is all the way back to cavemen, hunter-gatherers. It says that O blood types need to eat animal-based diet and do rigorous exercise, and that had always rang true for me because I loved working out when I was younger. I I've been working out since I was ten years old. I loved exercising, and I'd been eating meat. You know, as a South African, I'd been eating meat all my life as well. And I realized in that moment that my life took a turn for the worst when I gave up meat. And it it ultimately took my exercising um, ability away too. So then I started eating small amounts of meat. And my health got better. My digestion got better. um, The joint pain slowly started to go away. And because I'd been reading about the high-fat diet and then also about meat, I started to reduce the vegetables and slowly increase the meat. You know, it went from like eating you know a few slivers of bacon per meal to okay, a good handful of bacon and 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 a a small steak, and then it went like oh okay, you know less bacon but more steak, and slowly the vegetables were going down, and then eventually I found myself on the keto diet, where I was eating very very high fat, very very low plants, um, and my health had you know done like a ninety eight percent turnaround for the better, and then um, you know Sean Baker went on uh, Joe Rogan. A few years ago, and somebody messaged me saying, Oh, this there's this crazy guy talking about meat-only diets. And I was like, No way, that's crazy. Can't be. You know, I can I can handle like a high meat and high fat diet with a little bit of plants, but all meat, no, that's surely gonna be bad for you. So I started looking into the carnivore diet, and then about three years ago, I decided, okay, well, I'll give this carnivore thing a try. I mean, how bad can it be? I'm already eating so much fat and almost no plants and my health has completely changed for the better. So I'll just cut out the last few bits of plants and go exclusively onto beef. And I did that for about, uh, very, very strict for about six months and completely healed my body. All joint pain disappeared, all digestive issues disappeared, energy was through the roof, mental clarity was was crystal clear. I got back to working out, I got back to strength training, um, and I've never looked back since. But, during that time, I also discovered biohacking, which is, Dave Asprey talks a lot about that, which is, you know, cold therapy, fasting, heat therapy. It's, it's manipulating your environment to temporarily stress your body so that your body grows and adapts to that stress and comes back stronger. And one of the biohacks that Dave Asprey talks about a lot back then and even now is red light therapy. So that's how I found out about red light therapy, started researching it, uh, decided I wanted to give it a try, and um, you know, at that time couldn't find anything on the market in the UK, couldn't find any LED-based red light therapy devices. So my, my friend and business partner, James Strong, we decided to make our own lights, just some little kind of hobbyist lights. Um, and had such incredible benefits that we got from the lights, uh, so we thought we had to start a business here because we, you know, just in London alone, we knew that there were health-conscious people and biohackers that would be interested in, you know, a, a UK-based red light therapy company, and and that's how we started. And and luckily, we're still here four years later.
0: <laughs> it's interesting what you said the the transition you've been through because you are one of hundreds. I've now talked to both on the podcast and off the podcast, how they moved into a plant-based diet with good intentions for themselves and the environment. That was their intentional initial thought process. Then over years, they saw that decline. For about, th- probably for about three years seems to be the average for most people. And then if it doesn't work for them, and it seems to the many of the people I've talked to, this seems to be apparent if they've gone hardcore on it, like really hard and not the occasional bacon sarni at the weekend then that's when they seem to start seeing things come out. But then they try different methods and things go away. Um, I even actually taught on a raw vegan retreat once. Just I was asked to come in and just do some coaching for movement. Didn't really know exactly what was going on on the nutrition side. But I experienced when I was on there some horrendous uh, gut cramps, like probably the worst cramping I've ever had in my life. My body's used to a lot of cooked food. Funny enough, I'm no positive um, blood type. I've trained religiously through my teenage years I used to do six to eight hours training per day I I went through a period where I had a lot of white meat so there would be a lot of chicken in the diet and then when I started to move to more red meat uh, and uh, also including things like oysters and mussels in my diet I saw a dramatic improvement in this stuff as well and it does seem like the people that seem to be how do you say that don't get me wrong there's anomalies but the people that are thriving generally seem to be the ones that are including some form of animal-based produce within their diet. I'm not saying exclusively animal-based produce, but some form within there. And then there's also the question about can we do can we do things better? Because I tried to explain to someone yesterday, if you go and get a McDonald's burger, or you go and get some meat packed with all of these additives and glued together in the supermarket that costs 50p, there's a big difference between that and basically like a minced steak from a locally sourced, grass-fed farmer who's looking after his animals, knows them by name. It's a very, very different approach to food. So I actually got introduced to the red light therapy via uh, Dom, who I will have on a podcast at a later stage. And this was, I think it was about four years ago that I actually made the initial purchase of yourselves. And that half stack has been the, it's just been incredible, especially in the UK. Dark months through the winter. um, I spend the whole Of spring summer and the beginning of autumn on the beach in the mornings watching the sun come up but i noticed when i got through to the winter i just didn't have the same effect from the sun even in the early hours there wasn't that intensity there so one of the questions i was going to say to you is would you be able to just explain why the lights are beneficial at the type of spectrum they work at and why for some parts of the world we won't be able to receive that type of light in the intensity than you would get from a product and why we use it
1: yeah, that's a great question, and it, there's there's two there's two aspects to that to the answer to that question. Um, one of them is what you visually receive from the light, okay? And in the context of red light therapy, it's a very very bright red light, and the reason that that's important is because that that's that's tied to our biological evolution, right? So, you know, most people are fairly familiar with the idea that you know, we're, we're more or less the same, biologically, we're more or less the same as we have been for the last, you know, h- hundreds of thousands of years, even the last couple of millions of years. And what we've evolved in, in the context of light, is the only source of light we've ever had is the sun coming up, going across the sky, and going down in that order at more or less the same time every day, you know, for the last couple million years. The only other source of, of light, of course, was Fire when we got around to discovering or creating fire. And so what has happened is that this is this has been ingrained deeply into our DNA. So when, you, when you've when you been sitting on the beach in the morning or wherever you are, I mean, see, people like you and I, we're really lucky to be able to say things like, oh, we sit on the beach and we watch, you know, the sun come up and we watch the sun go down. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm aware that not everybody has that. But anyway, so when you see the, the sun come up in the morning, you're seeing a, a certain... Uh, Spectrum of colours of light. So you're seeing, you know, probably a like a a, an orangey, pinkish, reddish rising of the sun, Um, and that that colour of of light is going into your eyes and it's going into your brain and it's 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 triggering um, a DNA response that has taken millions of years to develop. And that response in this context is that sunrise. When I see those colours of light, my brain knows that the sun is coming up therefore the day is starting, therefore there will likely be some, some walking, some activity, some hunting, some gathering, possibly you know fighting for your life in, in certain circumstances. Um, and then, then, then the bright light follows after that and that kind of confirms to your biology like, yes, it, it is day and, and all your daytime hormones are kicking in. And the reverse happens in the evening, you know, so you've gone through your day, you've done your physical activity. Your, your brain and your your eyes and your skin have monitored the color of the light of the sun as it goes through its cycle and at the end of the day it comes to the again it comes to the oranges or the yellows the oranges the reds of the sunset and then the pitch black or you know in, in, a, in a circumstance of a campfire um, you know similar the colors and then pitch black our, our biology is is has developed with that pattern for the last two million years so when your body perceives, the red, the red colors followed by the bright colors, it knows it's daytime, but then at the end of the day when it follows the bright, the bright light followed by the red colors followed by darkness, it knows it's nighttime and then that's when the, because that order has happened, the melatonin kicks in, you get sleepy, there's no, there should be no light in your environment and you go to sleep and you sleep soundly. So that's one aspect of red light therapy. That could, that's one of the reasons why it's, it helps with mood in the wintertime because mood is um, um, you know, a function of light in many instances. You know, obviously, there there's, can be a handful of reasons for depression or low mood, but one of the important factors is low levels of light or should I say getting the correct kind of light at the right time, which is when a, a red light therapy device can really be beneficial, especially in the northern hemisphere where you don't have that much natural light. And in the winter, especially, the sun is very, very weak. So you're getting—you might still get the beautiful red colors, but you're not getting the intensity of the infrared light. And the infrared light is very important. Um, so, the, yeah. So the first aspect of what you mentioned is is just the color—that sequencing of the color—is uh, very important for your mood and for your energy levels and all that through the day. And the second very important thing about red light therapy and how it relates to evolution. Is that we've discovered you know it it was initially an accidental discovery but they discovered that red and infrared light in particular is very very beneficial to the body because the cells of the body are made up of photoreceptors every single cell whether it's your skin your eyes you know your muscles your bones your blood your organs everything is made up of cells and all these cells have photoreceptors Meaning they are able, they are capable of absorbing certain kinds of light and using certain kinds of light as a as a supplemental um, fuel source for energy production inside the mitochondria. And those two specific kinds of light that are the most beneficial is the red light, which manifests as red light from the sun or from your device, and infrared light, which comes from the sun and your device as well. So that's why you can stand in front of these devices and you know get get all the benefits that we've kind of briefly mentioned. Does that
0: make sense? Yeah, completely. It's something that I experience is the warmth. Obviously, I don't think people relate this if they see an LED being very energy efficient when they think of a light bulb. If you look at the ratios of heat to light in the light bulb, they're so inefficient. Um, but when you're using infrared, you actually feel that heat. For anyone that's been to a yoga class where they have the certain different types of lamps, like the the hot yoga, they're going to feel that intense heat and it feels like it's almost cooking you from the inside. I mean, it's been very beneficial for me earlier in the morning. It's almost using it at the same time every day has been a good way for me to set my circadian rhythms. And even if I've been traveling, I always try and make sure that that device comes out and I use it at the same time to make sure I've got a good optimal balance. Even if it's 10 minutes in the morning, 10 minutes in the evening. So for those that are thinking about potentially looking at a red light device, how long would you guys recommend using a device for and where would you use it in particular?
1: Well, it, it really depends on your goals because one of the benefits of red light therapy and also one of the curses from an educational point of view is that you know, red light therapy is good for everything. which when you, when you say that to people, you lose a certain percentage of people because they go, nonsense. There's not one thing that can be good for everything, so please don't try and sell me snake oil. But when you understand why red light therapy works across the entire body, all the systems of the body, you then understand, oh, that's why it helps my uncle's dodgy elbow, that's why it's helping my mother's skin complexion, that's why it's helping my brother's uh, sleep patterns. It's because, like I said, all the cells of the body are able to absorb this light and then they have supplemental fuel, and when they have supplemental fuel, they do their job better. So whether it's your, you know, so let's just say, okay, I'm an athlete. I want to use red light therapy. Um, how's it going to benefit me? For an athlete, it's going to, you know, help your muscles contract harder for longer. It's going to help your muscles uh, repair faster after a workout. It'll help you jump higher, run faster, lift more weight, have more grip strength, etc., uh, etc. Cetera, et cetera. But then, if I get a pensioner who says, "Oh my gosh, you know my knees they haven't been right since you know that car accident fifty years ago. nothing's helping this and that, well, red light therapy can help with that too, because when the red light you know when it goes into an achy joint, it again it increases the cellular capability of those cells in that area to do their job better, but it also contributes to decreasing inflammation so my point is that it's it's unfortunately a case to case basis, um, which you know we, it's it's impossible for us to get into all the different use cases uh, on this podcast. But we have developed very very thorough guides on everything, which anybody is free to check out on our website. They're all downloadable for free. But generally speaking, no more than twenty minutes a day is sufficient for almost any condition, and it then just depends. The condition depends on, you know, where the light goes, how far away from the body, which position on the body, etc, etc. In the example of thyroid health, for example, you shine it on your thyroid. But if you're like, you know, if you're already a a healthy healthy person, you just want an extra little boost, then you just shine it all over your body because you give yourself a general boost from all angles. You know, you're not focused on an achy shoulder, etc.
0: Just to list some of the benefits, like you mentioned, uh, aches and pains, anti-inflammatory, brain health, depression, eye health, hormone optimization, muscle recovery, skin rejuvenation, sleep optimization, and surgery recovery was an interesting one I found on there as well. Fat loss was the other thing. So there's two there, partly because I know there's a few people listening that have just been through surgery. In regards to recovery of any tissue, I suppose this is where it really relates to sort of muscle recovery, surgery, and uh, probably fat loss would probably be a slightly different angle to attack it from. Is there any examples that you guys have heard of or witnessed in terms of like a recovery that's been sped up by the use of the light, Uh, anything in particular?
1: Yeah, I mean, we're so lucky because... You know, it, it's it's such a, to a lot of people that haven't heard about it, it's a bit of a, a, a weird, you know, modality, like red light therapy, what? It can do so much for me, it's just shining a light, da-da-da, that, you know, every, you know, almost on a daily basis, I either get an Instagram message, a WhatsApp message, or an email saying, this light therapy has changed my life in the following ways, and we've had some testimonials, which are, they're all available on our website, where, you know, people have literally changed their mind from committing suicide to living the life of their dreams and the only thing that changed was a, a 95 pound red light that they bought from us. You know, I'm, I'm speaking about one particular client, Sara, from Portugal. She wrote to us um, a long email. She wrote to us saying, look, you know, I started with your little red light, target light, you know, I think whatever, maybe two years before she wrote the email and she was depressed, she had her hair was falling out, her thyroid was you know, completely scuppered, she was on all kinds of medication, she, she had pain everywhere, she had no enthusiasm for life, she, had, she told us she had had suicidal thoughts because everything was so miserable, no one could help her, none, none of her medication was working, and then she heard about red light therapy, bought the target light, which is our smallest device, and started using it on her thyroid, and a couple of other places in her body, and from the day she bought it until we received the email, it was about two years. Um, and she said, like, you know, sorry I didn't write sooner, but I was just too busy ha- having the best life ever. Um, she got back to working out. She became a fitness instructor. She got a. She went back to a, a, another office job that she really, really loved. Her hair came back thicker and longer than it's ever been. She put on, you know, she built muscle more than she'd ever imagined in her life. Her thyroid is now functioning perfectly. And she said she's she's never felt so good in her life, um, and that's just one of many. You know, we get people with uh, fibromyalgia, for example, or chronic fatigue that can't get out of bed, you know, for for whatever reason. And then they use something like the half stack, where they get a good coverage of their body. And some of them, after the first session, they feel incredible. They've got energy again. The pain is reduced. They're sleeping sleeping um, fantastic for a change. And then you know, then the, then the benefits do kind of snowball as it were as they continue to use it um, we've got you know we've got messages from people that have got rid of whiplash after 10 years and they use the light for a couple of weeks and the whiplash goes away and there's just there's so many examples of that we had a, a lovely woman the other day um, we filmed we filmed her testimonial because she again she wrote us an email and it was just like so mind-blowing I said I have to I have to speak to you we have to film this and share this with the world Basically, same thing, she was depressed, she was insomni- had, had insomnia for 10 years, her thyroid was all out of whack, she had prescription lenses, mood was terrible, forgetfulness, brain fog, all of this, and she got the target light um, just to kind of experiment with her thyroid. And just by using the light on her thyroid and incidentally getting red light into her eyes, She's able, after two months, was able to stop wearing her spectacles. After the first session, I think she said that she, for the first time in 10 years, when she put her head on the pillow, she never woke up until the next morning again. For the first time in 10 years, after chronic insomnia, her thyroid is uh, coming back into into, uh, um, normal numbers. And like I say, she's able to stop using her spectacles, which she's been using for who knows how long. And that was in two months of using the red light. So the, the strange thing, the, the weird thing to say is that the sicker people are, the more benefits they tend to get. So you know, when we've got pro athletes that use the lights, they, they, don't, they don't have such profound reports. But they say like, well, I love it and I'm going to keep using it. You know, I'm sleeping a little bit better. Mood is a little bit better. But that's about the extent that we hear from the pro athletes. But it's because they're already in good shape. because they're you know they usually don't have any chronic diseases or anything like that but what really makes me happy is is the older people or the people that have you know severe chronic conditions that the modern medicine just can't solve and the success rate has been absolutely phenomenal amongst those
0: people yeah that's encouraging as well because societies and cultures as a whole tend to want to say right when you get to a certain age the reason you're feeling like this is because you're old in reality, um, you, you were talking about mitochondrial health as well. We know that if the this isn't their only function, of course, but if the batteries are charged, you're going to be okay. You're going to have more energy to do things, more vitality, and just the ability to, to attack life a little bit more. And I think one of the other incredible benefits about light as a whole, and for those that spend time in hot countries, they're outdoors all the time, they're on the beach in the mornings, if you can start to utilize something to replicate that all year round then you're getting the knock-on effects of the fact that your body's in sync with things and if your body's in sync like you were saying all of those other things we listed earlier start to drop in and if hormones are working correctly everything else like i mean we're paramount with with buying supplements but if we were allowing the body to do what it meant to and we were supposed to be living in nature without a ton of electromagnetic frequency around us um, being bombarded by ever-increasing bandwidth it sounds a bit woo-woo but we are energetic beings we are we are based on forms of electricity that's the way our body communicates uh, through synapses and different muscular contractions and expansions this is how we move and that's just the subtle level but also we have smooth muscle striated muscle we have all of these different things that depend on these little body clocks working efficiently so, like you said, yeah, if you're using a, a light at the same time every day and it forms a habit, so you get up and you use that light, or you go outside, whatever it might be, you've created a cascading effect of, I feel better. I've been outdoors. I've started to move earlier in the day, and I think that's why something as simple as this can be a catalyst for these other things.
1: Yeah, um, you know, it's you and I are probably different to to a lot of people because. I get the sense that you're probably very, very committed to your health. You're very committed to your routines and your environment, as am I. Um, but some people aren't. So it's difficult for them to achieve what we're suggesting is optimal in this in this podcast. But it, the circadian rhythm is a, is a fantastic example because what we're getting at, you and I, is that your body works better if everything becomes a habit and it becomes a habit at the same time every day. So circadian rhythm is not just about you know, waking and sleeping. You know, that's obviously a massive part of it. It's the most tangible part because you, know, you sleep at more or less the same time every day. You wake up more or less the same time every day. But circadian rhythm begins to truly sync up where every single thing you do, you do it at the same time every day because they've shown that the body prepares in anticipation of the habit that's about to come because of past experiences. So, if you use the red light every single day at the same time, your body will actually begin to prepare to receive the light because it knows at roughly you know seven thirty a m for the past three weeks i've been doing the red light, so then your body will begin to prepare for that, so it'll hormonally anticipate receiving that light, so it's like priming it's getting itself primed. The same thing works for food if you eat at nine a m every day at you know at eight forty five your body will start to prime the digestive process for in the anticipation of food because it's going on the clocks. The clocks are tracking everything you do. Um, same for working out. If you work out at the same time every day, your body will become primed to, to use the muscles and the joints at that time. And the flip side of that is then you can, it makes it easier to understand why if you're, you know, like I used to be when I was a teenager perhaps, eating whenever I wanted, sleeping whenever I wanted, waking up whenever I wanted, you know just dragging through the day everything just your body doesn't know what to expect when it doesn't know when to to start the detox process or the muscle building process or the you know the the awakening process because it's always different times every day so the more that you can get those those habits synced up you know within a 15 minute window every single day Um, the better results you're going to get. And then, you know, it all snowballs because all the hormones piggyback off each other and all the processes piggyback off each other. So I think synchronizing your daily habits, you know, whether that includes red light therapy or not is is a great way to start.
0: Yeah, because if we just look at nature, anywhere, wherever we live, whatever type of environment, you hear the birds starting at the same sort of time every day, depending on what, what the light is doing. They know what's coming as well. They know it's about to get light and they already sort of preempt because sometimes it'll wake, wake us up where we live. I mean, I tend to stir about 4.30, AM in the summer in the UK and I'm up and that's when I naturally want to wake up. And a few people have said to me they feel really tired in the evening. I said, that's a good sign. Like you want to feel tired in the last two hours before bed. It's a sign that things are working correctly. Whereas if you feel like you're stimulated if you feel like you're wide awake just before you're supposed to go to sleep, that's probably a number of things that could be contributing to that. Eating too late, doing activity like heavy, uh, arduous activity late in the day. But I notice for my body, I want to move early. As it gets later in the day, I want to relax. So it's almost like I peak in the morning and that's when I feel like I'm highest in terms of energy. And then I can start to tail off as the day goes on. And I found the more I train in the morning, I mean, I've never, I never struggle with sleep. I probably had one time. Um, I've got a three week old at the minute. So things may, may be a bit different in a minute. But um, I do find that, that having that rhythm, it synchronizes with nature. And then fundamentally, we are part of nature. Um, the more we segregate from it, the more we think that we're different. Just we are an animal living in a slightly different circumstance on this planet than any other animal. And I think the more we disconnect from nature as a whole, the more disease, as um, few people coin it as, if we're disease comes from disease, because we're disconnected from people around us and the environment around us. And uh, that's definitely apparent. I think something like this can just bridge that gap for a little bit of time, even if we have darker months of the year in certain parts of the world.
1: Yeah, it's so interesting you say that because I've I've been lucky, you know, in the last. You know, I remember last time I was in the, in the UK, I was, I was at a, like a health and biohacking event. And someone came up to me and was like, oh, what, what, what would you say is the best biohack? And I said, move to a hot country. And they kind of laughed. And I said, I'm serious, man. Like, you need sunlight. You need good sunlight every single day. Now, I know that's not possible for millions and millions and millions of people that live in the Northern Hemisphere. But I'm from the Southern Hemisphere. And I lived in the UK for, you know, for 15 years. And by the end of it, I was so miserable because of the lack of sun that I gave up everything to move to a sunny location. And I've never looked back. Now, like I've just moved into a new property and like my biggest thing was like plenty of natural light. I don't care. I don't care what it is. I don't care how cheap it is or how expensive it is or what the story is. But I I will not compromise on plenty of natural light. Um, That being said, so the last few years, you know, since I've left the UK and I've been living in, you know, very, very hot countries with, you know, sun like, you know, like 360 days of the year. I've also been getting up early, enjoying my tea outside, you know, listening to the the birds waking up. And if you're mindful enough, and I encourage anybody who's got at least, you know, a flock of pigeons nearby their house. If you're mindful enough, wake up at the same time every day and watch what the animals are doing. And what I noticed is that the same birds at the same time, so it's a certain kind of bird that wakes up first and starts singing. Then there's a certain, another kind of bird that wakes up after that bird and starts singing. I noticed that, that the sounds were always the same at the same time of the day and in the same order. And then they also, what I noticed is that birds would actually would fly around my neighborhood and go to the same lookout points that they did every single morning they would come and sit on the roof near my house and like and and preen themselves a little bit get the sun then they would fly to a certain tree and and look around the flowers and the plants for a couple of bugs then they would fly to another place and i noticed that the same thing at the end of the day there were certain parts of the town that i was living in where all the birds would congregate in the trees and it was like they were you know chatting to each other because they would you know they would be dispersed throughout the day over over the whole village and at sunset, that all converge in the same trees, and it was just so remarkable to me that like you know even nature, like the animals, they you know almost like they don't have free will because they're doing the same thing day in, day out, same time, same place, same little routine that they do, um, and I think if we can you know mimic that as far as is practical in our lives, I think we'd be in a lot better position
0: it's um Something I actually noticed with the cold as well, using the cold in conjunction with the infrared light, because in the summer, I used to feel so good for jumping in the sea and then spending time at sunrise, getting that hit of light on on my skin, just wearing a pair of shorts. And then I realized when I started to do it in the winter, obviously after living in the UK, you know how it just gets cold and dark and wet, hence lack of tan right now. So I literally jump in the cold water and then sit in front of the red light. 'Cause I was using the infrared light, then jumping in the cold. Um I was chatting to Ryan about it. He said, You want to just try and flip that so you've got the cold experience first, followed by the infrared, because of the way the body will then deal with the light. Could you explain that process as well?
1: Um, I'm not sure what Ryan is referring to there, but it's I think it helps to think of it in 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 a an ancestral way, maybe. You know, maybe because the only place in nature that you get infrared light is from the sun and from fire. So know maybe it's the cold before starting a fire maybe that's something we can we can think about but it, it really depends what what context he's referring to you know because there's there's also some studies that are showing you know in a more modern environment it's not ideal to stack too many biohacks at once it's not ideal to do too many stresses because you are stressing your body you know you're you're jumping in the cold water and you know if, you're, if it's not that cold or you're, you're relatively seasoned to it, it's not such a big deal. But you're, you're, when you jump into a cold sea or an ice bath or whatever, you're, you're, your body temporarily panics. You know? And then it's up to you to kind of use your mind to be like, hey, you know, I'm not drowning and this is not like I'm not about to get frozen in a glacier. Everything's under control. And then the benef- cause benefits of like cold and heat and all that, they carry on for a few hours after the thing is, is over. So I think the concern from what I've read now is that if you do a, a cold bath, your body starts a process of hormonal response to that. But then if you go and do red light therapy, you're now putting another stimulus on your body. You're, do, you're putting another stressor into your body, which is most likely different to the initial stressor. And then you're forcing your body to respond horm- hormonally and energetically to that new stressor while it might still be going through the process of the cold you know, you're then dumping the the light onto it or you're, you know, the heat and then the cold and then the cold and then the heat. So, you know, it's certainly an interesting subject. I don't have a definitive answer, but my intuition is to kind of keep them separate, you know, depending on how
0: seasoned you are in each one. People think biohacking is trying to sort of implement all these things that maybe are unnatural to us, but in reality, they're just trying to mimic a process to help the body become fully optimized. And if you stack, like you said, too much environmental hormesis in there at once the body's going to break down it it interprets stress at a central nervous system level in exactly the same way depending on the direction of entry or um, how you're using the body i actually find benefits to using the light even just training in the morning not using it from its for its therapeutic benefits say 20 centimeters away but actually just using it as a as a different light and then you realize when you turn a whitish light on mine are mostly yellow in the house for a reason you go oh god like especially if they're blue leds like the the bright white leds we're not used to being in that light that light is so unnatural this is the reason i've mentioned this on a few podcasts before just chatting to a few, a few people that are well read on this as well that you want the full spectrum if you're getting the bright blue light you want the infrared in there as well and i think this is what we're missing people ask about can you is it good to sit by a window? Technically not if you're blocking out the the infrared and the red light because the body wants all of it to heal itself. And we've also got this misinterpretation around disease of the skin. I think this is something that I've learned about a lot in the last three years that light can heal you, but we've got this perception that light is always bad for our skin. And the, the red light usage and the more I looked into infrared, I was like, well, that makes perfect sense. If we exposed our body to, the say in the UK, we'll pick as an example, or a temperate climate, if you have the spring and the autumn and you're using the spring to build up your resistance to the sun, you allow your body time to adapt, you probably wouldn't burn so much in the summer. Um, Obviously, we know that diet does affect that as well, which is quite interesting. Uh, But again, if you just expose yourself to the blue light or you sit behind a window, that the body's not used to that. You're, you're you're creating an environment that is fake, and I think whenever a process is fake, like we said, disconnected from nature, that's where disease starts to become apparent.
1: Yeah, yeah, nothing really to add to that, but just that's something about the light, because especially red lights. A lot of people, you know, because we not not necessarily my company, but a lot of people talk about like natural red light therapy. And then it's like, well, how can it be? Like it's this device that I'm plugging into the wall and it's digital and it's this and that. What's natural about that? But what's what's natural about it is that it's again it's the red and the infrared light, which is two of the most beneficial kinds of light that come from the sun, which you are then able to harness in your home. So that's you know, that's one of the reasons why people call it natural. But you know, something that something that I speak about a lot is you know, someone will email me or message me and say, Hey. I'm thinking about getting into red light therapy to improve my health. Which one do I need? And the first thing I say is, are you doing all the free stuff first? Are you doing all the easy stuff? Are you doing all the stuff that we've just spoken about? Are you trying to wake up at the same time every day? Are you trying to get good sleep? Are you blocking out artificial light? Are you taking cold showers? Are you, you, know, are you graduating towards ice baths? Are you, you know, using saunas in your gym if you're a gym member? Are you fasting? Are you eating a good diet? Are you doing, are you grounding? You know, all these other biohacks that are, a lot of them are free. A lot of them are very cheap. Um, I always say to people, get all of that stuff under control first. Because, you know, I don't want to sell someone an expensive red light therapy device if they're not taking cold showers or they're not bothering to get natural light. Because I know that you can get very, very healthy with all those other things first. Um, and then red light therapy kind of cleans up the rest, you know, at the end of it, an important part of the message I try to share with people.
0: And that was always my approach. I'm actually just working on an an app at present, um, around human habits, first and foremost, um, human fundamental patterns, looking at basic patterns like rotation is the, one of the patterns we work on in the womb and then push, pull, squat, all these basic things before you progress into these more advanced skills. Because fundamentally, all these advanced things are a bonus to us. Um, we get carried away with the performance aspect because it's fun and we like to push ourselves and that's important. But again, if the foundations are weak, then things fall apart. And it's, it's really good that you approach not just business, but dealing with other human beings and the fact of like, look, we have a product that can help you, but it's only going to help you to its full extent if you do the other things first. So let's let's go 80%. Let's do 80, 90% using these other things. And yeah, have a look at this after because it it's probably will benefit you in some capacity. Whereas, like you said, certain people um, have the perspective, like we talked about the juicing and all that sort of stuff earlier. These things are doing barely anything. They're talking like 1% improvement, but there's these other things we can make a 10%, 20% improvement every single day just by implementing these actually leads on to the next question quite well um the one i did want to ask just before i get to the final one is uh, do you have any other projects that yourself and, and james are working on is there anything else you guys are looking to do right now um branching out with different lights or i know you've got the glasses on there as well which should been a great addition
1: exactly yeah so we do um we're constantly kind of trying to innovate red light therapy because as we as we learn more about what people want or how people use it or, or what could be more beneficial we are you know slowly developing new products um, and you know and the more we u- learn how to use it ourselves and, and the different um, applications of red light therapy so we've got a few new products um, that we're thinking about you know working on and developing some ideas that we've got and then we've also got the blue blocking glasses as you mentioned because we realized that you know while you're using the red light therapy during the day getting that good natural light and getting the good light from the red light therapy device the other side of that coin is at the end of the day when when the sun goes down limiting all the blue light limiting all the artificial light because it's 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 kind of like a yin and a, yin and a yang you know in that sense so i realized well i you know i was i was just using blue blockers in, for my own you know goals and then I realized, like this, this fits perfectly with like my um, passion in terms of health and wellness, and you know, with James as well, because he's very much into the stuff. So that's why we brought out the blue blocking glasses, because it's it's a very very powerful supplemental tool. You know, you, like I say, you get the the good natural light during the day, and then you do your best to block out the unnatural light at the end of the day. Um, and that's about it, you know. So we're 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 doing our best just to focus on red light therapy and blue blockers. And um, yeah, there's there's
0: nothing else on the cards. We did say we talk about a little bit about the, the fat loss stuff, but what I would say is there's so many resources on your website, it's worth just going in and reading that. And I'm sure everyone can get in touch with you if they need more information.
1: The fat loss one, I just wanna to touch on that because that is, that's, that's when we start to go into like the miracle pill thing, you know, because, you know, women usually, and a lot of men as well, they hear fat loss and they just think, ah, my gosh, this is gonna solve all my problems. But as with, you know, most conditions, we tell people like red light therapy will help you because red light therapy does, according to some scientific studies, it does cause the fat cells in the body to release more fat into the bloodstream to get burnt off and used up by the body. But it works particularly well in the context of a healthy lifestyle, just like everything else, right? So if you're, if you're eating a, a good diet and you're watching your calories and you're doing a little bit of exercise, this and that. The red light therapy is going to help you just to lose a couple extra in- inches um, wherever you want to. Um, would it help you if you were just lying around on the couch all day but using, using red light therapy to lose a bit of weight? I don't know. Maybe. You know We'd have to set up two identical people and do you know, run two experiments at the same time. But you've got much better chances of getting the results you want by being a little bit more proactive in, in that res- regard. And the same thing goes for for skin, actually. You know, people who suffer from psoriasis or eczema or things like that. And they say, oh, I've heard red light therapy will help. Yes, it will help. It will reduce the appearance um, of the redness, the flakiness, the itchiness of the skin. But those kind of conditions very often come from the gut. So you've got to make sure that you're investigating where it's coming from. Because maybe something you're eating or something else in your lifestyle is causing the skin problem in the first place. The red light therapy will help reduce it and heal it, but if you don't get rid of the root cause, you know, as soon as you take a week off red light therapy it's going to come back. So it, there's always like this, you know, you've got to you've got to play a part in it, but red light therapy will just help you sweep up sweep up the dust, you know.
0: Completely, and I would say as well if people are experiencing things like skin issues, like you said most of the skin is communicating what's happening inside the body. So we tend to think it's just a barrier, but if you look how the skin is made up, you can see how complex it is as as an organ, the biggest organ in the body. So it's important to look at these things and say, right, if I put the same chemical laden cream on that I've been using every day, maybe that's the issue as well. So then we need to say, okay, one thing is not gonna fix it. It's a multifaceted approach to health and fitness. So that definitely leads well into the last question. This episode is sponsored by Red Light Rising. To find out more about their products, head to redlightrising.co.uk and use the code HUMAN, that is H-U-M-A-N, at the checkout to save. Back to the podcast. The final question of the podcast is always the same. Uh, To finish every podcast, I'm keen to leave the listeners with some simple routines that they can adopt and apply on a daily basis. I know we've covered a lot in this already. But what principles would be at the top of your list to form the foundations of human health, or in other words, a human first approach?
1: Gosh, I would say um, definitely the, the regular light exposure and going to sleep and waking up at the same time every day. I think that's a great place for people to start, to start building a, a habits and patterns. Um, and we know that you know, light is absolutely crucial. So even if you're in the UK and it's, and it's miserable and cold and gray, try and go outside as soon as you can in the morning and just stand as naked as you can and just look towards the the rising sun and let the sun go in your eyes, let it go on your skin, you know, take some movement, you know, I'm in the habit now of, of putting on some music first thing in the morning and, you know, I just put on some chilled out reggae and I literally just literally just sway to the reggae just to get some movement, you know, and after 20 minutes, I might, you know, get something a bit more of a tempo one as the body starts feeling warm, you Know and, and by the time I'm finished with that, it's 7 a.m. and you know, I've already got half an hour of movement, I've got plenty of natural light in me, and I'm, I'm ready to carry on. So, I think the first step for everybody is to maximize their natural light exposure and tie that in with trying to habitualize as many of their tasks as they can every day.
0: That's awesome, man. You're basically saying, like, reduce the barriers, I think that's a big thing. Like, take your shoes off, remove some clothes get cold, get warm, get some light on you, um, get your feet on the earth. All of these things, it's just about, it's actually removing things, not adding things to life, isn't it?
1: Yeah, exactly. That's a great way to say it.
0: Amazing. Thanks for so much for joining me today, Brian. It's um, been a brilliant conversation. Like we could talk about this for about two or three hours, but it's, um, I'll, I'll put all the links to, um, to the company on the show notes. So if anyone that wants to check out Red Light Rising, obviously it's redlightrising.co.uk. And if you need any help, you guys are on Instagram and all the rest of it as well. So I'll put all of that in the show notes. And if there's any questions, you know where Brian is. Absolutely. Cheers, as well. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining Brian and myself for this episode. Please support the podcast by liking, subscribing, commenting and sharing, all of which is massively appreciated. See you on the next episode.